Patriots Daily is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. What has become my absolute favorite part of the week, breaking down some of college football's top quarterbacks and draft prospects with my buddy Alex Barth. There were some really good matchups this weekend, some actual competitive games with some of those top quarterbacks. Uh, We're going to get into those right off the bat, but first of all, Alex, how are you doing, bud? Last time we talked, it was a cold day. Today, it somehow got colder. I couldn't feel my fingers when I went outside. Did you stay warm? How 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 did you handle this? Because old LA for two years, kid, I was dying out there, man. It, 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 it's a little nippy out. It's going to get colder. I, I, I How did I handle it? I grew up here. I was, what's, what's the, you're a big uh, superhero movies guy, right? You, yeah. I, I was born in it, molded by it, right? I read Bane, right? That. That's the line. So, I like that. Uh, the trick is just don't think about it. Just don't think mm-hmm. about being cold and you won't be cold. Yeah, I tried that and it's not working so far. But, you know, mind over matter. Practice makes perfect. All that hoopla. All right. First game we're going to talk about. LSU versus Alabama. Alabama pretty much kind of rolled in this one. Uh, 42-28. Looking at the stats for the quarterbacks. Jaden Daniels, 58 for 24, 219 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. As we talked about before the show, interception wasn't really on him. That was a tip pass. Daniels also had 11 carries for 163 yards, 14.5 average, and a touchdown with a long of 40 yards. And Jaden Milrow, another one we talked about, probably not a quarterback prospect, even if he does declare this year. But he had 15 to 23 for 219 passing, so pretty solid day. But rushing, 20 carries for 155 yards and Four freaking touchdowns. Tore it up on the ground. What did you think of those guys' performances? Did you see anything new? Did anything sway you one way or the other? Or did you get a lot of what you expected? I mean, I had a lot of fun watching this game, first and foremost. You talk about enjoyable football game to watch. Uh, Jalen Milrow, redshirt sophomore, still has a way to go as a passer. We Mm -hmm. we can talk about him in a year or two. But he went mad no four Mike Vick mode in that (laughs) game. I mean, that was pretty sick. As for Jaden Daniel, I think against the tough, Alabama defense, he played well. I don't know that it was as well as maybe he needed to to get into, like we we talked about last week. Could he get into that first-round conversation? Could he get into that Heisman conversation? I don't think he had that real ceiling-defining game you're looking Mm -hmm. for him to have, but he had the minute. He was going punch for punch against a good defense until he got hurt, unfortunate, took kind of a nasty shot from Dallas Turner, suffered a concussion. Now we don't know if he's going to play this week against Florida. But I liked what I saw from him. I think I I talked about him in this way last week, and I think that this is just kind of confirmed. If you're looking for that high upside day two guy that, you know, you have room to give him a year and really develop, I think Jaden Daniels is a really good fit for that kind of quarterback, if that's the kind of guy you're going to go after. So he handled Alabama's defense well enough that I feel confident. Again, it wasn't that, you know, over-the-top performance I think you were looking for, but I think he was good. I don't think you look at really anything he did and knock it outside of Taylor. I was, I told you this on the show, but I don't know how much you'd watch Daniel Daniels. And then you're texting me about it. He needs to protect himself better. He yes. needs to slide. <laughs> he needs to go out of bounds. That was the way. And it, it doesn't come as a surprise. He's done it all season. Why is this game the biggest game of the year? The game he's suddenly going to be super conservative about it, mm. but that's the one, you know, the one big knock is the same knock. It's been all year. He just needs to take better care of his body. Although again, the hit he gets hurt on, that's not avoidable. That one wasn't really on him. But it still worries you because all this talent, 
And the fact that he's got the – this is the biggest thing with me is muscle memory. Like what these guys are used to and what they're doing on the field. Like you said, just because it's a better opponent doesn't mean he's going to change his play style. And that's the exact same thing that talent evaluators are going to talk about when he gets to the NFL level because it's going to take a while for that to get ironed out. And on top of that, you've got guys who are bigger, faster, stronger, who are trying to take his head off. And these hits that he's taking, it's the kind of thing where you have to, I think – really seriously consider how much does that affect his draft stock like does that take him from a guy who's maybe at the bottom of the first round maybe in the middle to someone where you say if he's might there's a chance he's gonna miss his rookie year just because he ends up taking a really bad hit kind of like not like an Anthony Richardson I don't think he was really exposing himself in the same way but that kind of situation in your opinion how much does that affect where you're kind of ranking him on your board because it's not something you can ignore well, the difference between him and a guy like Anthony Richardson, and Richardson, you know, is pretty reckless with his body as well, but Richardson's, what, 240 pounds? Right. Dude, I, I, I might be overshooting that a, a little bit, but dude's a tank. Shane Daniels is yeah. 6'4", but he's 210, 215, so mm-hmm. he's not necessarily built for contact that way. As for what it does for his draft stock, I, it, it's a coachable thing. It's not like he's not big enough, not fast enough. Not Like I would say, you can't teach height. You can't teach mm-hmm. speed. You know, if, if I drafted Jane Daniels now as a coach, first day he gets in the facility, I'd walk him out to the field. I'd walk him, you know, just off the bench. I'd say, you see this white line here? This is the sideline. This is going to be your best friend. Get to know it. Get to know it well. Uh, it, 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 it's something you can coach him on. Now, it doesn't always take. I, I go back to a guy like Robert Griffin III, and this was ultimately his downfall. He never took care of his body. He would take hits. He, he, he didn't slide. He didn't go out of bounds and it, it took its toll on him very quickly. And he had kind of the same build a guy like Jaden Daniels was, but there are other guys we've seen in college. Maybe it's not right away. Maybe they got to take a big shot to kind of learn their lesson. Right. But there's other guys we've seen come in the league and kind of take those hits and sort of realize, and then they get better about it. And Russell Wilson actually is a great example of this. Russell yeah, Wilson would take a of, lot yep. of big hits early in his career. He started getting banged up. And I think between that and the coaching staff, he started to get a lot smarter about where he was running, when he was running, how to take the hits, when to get out of bounds, when to slide. So it's basically just do you, tr- do you trust yourself as a coach or do you trust your coaching staff as the GM to be able to teach him this? And I think any coaching staff worth the damn should, be, should trust that. So unless it's something where he gets hurt in the next couple games, if he plays and suffers some sort of injury, mm-hmm. I don't think that this is anything that will knock his draft stock too much. I think it's just, I, I say this all the time, there's no perfect prospect. And this is just something yeah. that I have to work with him on. It's fair enough. And we know NFL coaches, they can always fix a guy. And he's got something that's concerned. Oh, it's okay. I've been a coach for what, you know, however many years. It's going to be all right. So just hope. That because again, like the size is what really scares me. Because this isn't like a Josh Allen where, yeah, he could probably give it to a linebacker more often than he's going to take it. It just it scares the dickens out of me. Uh, but hopefully, he learns his lesson sooner rather than later and can just grow into the really talented player we're already seeing from him and that he can become. Before we get to the next big game, gonna throw it over to our fan, our friends at FanDuel. We will be right back. Early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action NFL. 
The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including you got spreads, you got your player props, you got over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, next up, we have a matchup between my favorite prospect probably right now, who's actually going to be within the Patriots range, and then maybe the top quarterback who's going to come off the board. One quick, let me fix my camera. I, I was going to say, you went underwater there for a I second. I don't know what's going on there. I guess I did for a second. You know, versatile. I can breathe underwater sometimes when I need to. <laughs> All right, we're just going to hope that that fix itself. There you go. Ah, we're back. We're back. Okay. Fire away. So like I said, one of my favorite prospects in terms of guys that the Patriots might actually have the kind of draft pick to consider, Michael Penix Jr. against Caleb Williams, who they will almost definitely not be in range for, unfortunately. Uh, But it was a fun one. You had Michael Penix going 23 for 30, 266, two touchdowns and an interception. The interception, again, we talked about this one before the show, tried to test a window over the middle against the linebacker. Guy tipped it, got intercepted. One of those things where it's not a really big red flag. You're just hoping, okay, as long as this isn't a consistent issue, it's all right. Caleb Williams, 27 for 35, 312 yards, three touchdowns. A lot of the Caleb Williams throws that you would expect where, you know, he looks a little frazzled in the pocket, but then he lets it go towards the sideline, and it's some insane completion. So, unfortunately, Caleb Williams didn't win the game. You had some people on Twitter trying to make a big deal out of fact that like a college kid was upset and went over to the sideline and was consoled by his family oh my goodness the act the absolute travesty I guess he's not tough enough because he's a human being with feelings um but what did you think of the actual matchup and uh again anything changed for you based on what you saw in that game so I I I think this game was actually a net positive for Caleb Williams I do I I think that again he played super well against uh, not a great defense, but a good defense by college football standards. Be like, oh, you know, they gave up 500 yards. How good are they? Well, yeah, they gave up 500 yards to Caleb Williams. He's very good. Um, the the crying thing after the game, you know, last week he didn't care enough, and people were worried that he was going to check out after they lost that game. So which one is it? I, I don't know. It was a little weird, definitely. It wasn't the kind of thing where I'm like, all right, I'm totally out on this guy. I think some teams will be not totally out, but I I think that, and we'll get to Drake May in a little bit. I think the door is really open for Drake May to become QB one here, but I thought Caleb Williams did what he needed to do. Like you said, three touchdowns. He had another one rushing as well. Mm-hmm. Right. He, he, he took the game over. Yeah. That defense is atrocious. The defense is ass. There's no, uh, I don't know. I think that's the technical term for it. I don't know. You tell me, Taylor, you watch the film uh, as well. I, if I had to use a term to describe that defense, it would be ass. And really Alex, bad. Alex Grinch, the DC got dismissed after the game. So did he really, like, Oh my yeah, God. Yeah, well, he got well, kind of deserve this, it. Yeah. This has been building all year. They're, they're 124th in the nation defensively out of 133 teams. This wasn't a one-off. Um, I saw a stat today that was, I think Caleb Williams has lost is five or six games since he transferred to USC. The defense has allowed an average of 34 po- points or maybe it was Ugh. a minute. He keeps losing games because that defense is terrible, basically. I forget right. exactly what that was. So I, I think he played well against it. Not great, but good defense. And I think he needed that performance because you saw the numbers after the Utah game. Everybody's pulling up of him against top 25 opponents. And no quarterback's going to be better against mm-hmm. top 25 opponents. But it, it was a significant drop-off. I think a lot of that was weighted just by Utah because mm-hmm. Utah owns him. 
but he had a good performance against a good defense. As Michael Penix, I thought he was good. Again, mm-hmm. 256, two touchdowns. Uh, really, Dylan Johnson, the running back, took this game over. 26 so carries, 256 <laughs> yards, four tutties for him. He was awesome. That's why he got fired. <laughs> right. And that, that look, so that was kind of the game script. I don't know how many chances Penix had. That being said, you shouldn't need that many chances to light up this defense. Again, it's just a bad defense. But I, I, I thought Penix was fine. I don't know that this is a game. I don't think it's a game you're going to go to when you're making the case for him and say, hey, look at what he did against USC. This is the guy we should take. But I don't think it's the opposite either. I don't think it's a game that you're going to look at and say, you know, oh, he threw a pick against USC. That bad defense. He won pick, whatever. He was really good besides that. So, I, you know, I, I it happened. It's a game that happened. He played it. He won it. I think having the win over Caleb Williams will matter to some people. I I thought he was fine. I, I I don't know that it was a positive or a negative. I think this was just a pretty standard Michael Penix performance. Actually, let me say, there was one throw. The throw he makes where he peels out of the pocket, rolls back, yeah, and hits yeah. a tight end in the end zone. For all the people saying he's not mobile, he is mobile. He doesn't run a lot because of his hi- history with knee injuries, which is a fair mm-hmm. critique. But he can still go to that in his bag when he needs to. So that that one play, I guess, to me would be the standout. I was going to say, because going up against Caleb Williams, like it's pretty easy to get outshined because of all the things he can do. Right. That was the one where I'm like, okay, he's still got, he's got some magic in him. He's not just a guy who's like glued to the pocket. Although again, because of his injury history, he yeah. likes to see him probably stay in the pocket. Did you have something else you wanted to add? No, I would just say Caleb Williams made that same throw later in the game. Yep. I think it was like, <laughs> he's like you're not going to one-up me at my own right. game. <laughs> it was a game of horse at that point. But no, I, I, nothing negative. Uh, some people are trying to spin it as a negative because Penix didn't throw for like 500 yards on USC. Uh, mm-hmm. Their defensive, their offense coordinator, Washington, whose name's escaping me, who called an unbelievable game. He was, you want to talk about the real star of this game, and, and I want to find it right now because I, I, I want to give him credit. Uh, oh, dang. But... Uh, yeah, he he called a great game. That's just what uh, Ryan Grubb is his name. He's also the quarterback's coach. Fun he's, names in this matchup. Yeah, yeah. Grubb, we got Grinch. <laughs> um, there, he's a real star in this game. I thought he called a good game in this one. And the, the game the, the game flow called for them to run the ball, and that's what they did. So Dylan Johnson, I guess, would be the other big winner in this game. I mean, 256 yards. Insane. Average, 10 yards a carry yards six carries. Who does that? Long of 53 yards. Like every well, there, time there, I there's your Patriots mm. second round pick. <laughs> well, mm, hopefully. Ah, hope, uh, they need weapons. Whatever. We're not getting into that. That's <laughs> not what this specific show is about. This is about quarterbacks. Right. Um, but okay, so relative to Michael Penix, where do you think right now is a pretty understandable range of where he's probably gonna get selected? Because I feel like he's his floor makes him someone that you would consider in like the mid to late rounds. But at the same time, I feel like the ceiling, especially with the injuries and the things that do concern you about his game, I worry that maybe he might get pushed a little bit further back for other players who are just more talented at other positions. But what do you think there? Cause I still have to go through the whole class. Like I'm, I'm kind of right. learning about this uh, class as I go. So I, I think with him, I actually think his floor is pretty high. Okay. Just just some of the throws he's making right now. The injury issues I consider more of a ceiling thing than a floor thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and and people can some people do that the other way. That's just how I do it. He he's making the throws you want a first round pick to make. And I think in that sense, 
look, quarterbacks always get overdrafted. There's really two drafts going on simultaneously. There's the quarterback draft and there's the everybody else draft. And quarterbacks go by a different scale, by different grades. A guy that if you were to just rank a player, how good he is at his position out of 10, a quarterback that's a 7 out of 10 will still go in the first round, right? A running back that's a 7 out of 10 might not even get drafted to do the two opposite ends of that spectrum. So I still think, to me, Penix is a first-round pick pending. Now, look, when he gets the combine, he's going to do a physical, and you see this from time to time. They may see something in the physical that teams are just out, especially Mm -hmm. with the guy with his history. So anything besides the knees, I think he's a first-round pick. And some teams may have him at 24 years old with the knee injuries. Some teams will probably have him with a day-two grade or a mid-round grade. But the important thing to remember here is if there's one player, I jokingly call this the Cole Strange rule, even though I came up with it before this. If there's one team willing to, if 31 teams think a guy's a mid-round pick and one team thinks he's a first-round pick, he's a first-round pick. That's that's what it is, as long as that team's willing to use that pick on him. So I don't think it'll be 31-1 and with Michael Penix. I don't think, again, I don't think every team will have him with a first-round grade. I think enough teams will that he ultimately ends up being a first-round pick. Would you be comfortable with the Patriots? Oh my gosh! Would you be comfortable with the Patriots <laughs> taking him at the back end of the top ten range? Not medicals aside, yes. Medicals aside, medical yeah, information. Yeah. If if the if their doctors clear him, as in the knee injuries are healed, they're not a long term mm-hmm. issue. He can have a long successful NFL career. If that all checks out, yes, I wouldn't. I, he's still my third quarterback. If Drake May's on the board, I'm going with Drake May. Ch- uh, Caleb Williams is on the board, I'm going with Caleb Williams. But if those two guys are gone, Michael Penix is absolutely my third quarterback, pending he checks all those medicals. I'd agree. And again, like I'm still, I, I, I like to have my actual evaluations once I've got like at least four games of game tape. Yeah. I can look at these guys, do my kind of in-depth research. But from everything I've seen, if you've got a high floor and there's also the character element, like I'm not saying like Mac Jones has lost locker room or anything, but what there was reports from Albert Breer, like, you know, he's making checks, he's not making throws and now he's losing confidence. Like how you acquit yourself in the locker room and with your teammates and how much they like you matters. It was a big part of the reason they decided that Mac Jones was their definitive starter and got rid of Cam because they were like, all right, Right. everybody loves Cam, but they also love Mac. So this is a guy we're comfortable with leading our locker room as a young guy because he understands how to, you know, navigate those sorts of things. So when you talk about Penix, anytime I see him with his teammates, it seems like he's well-respected. He carries himself well. And that excites you, again, when it's paired with the physical tools and the fact right. that when he's actually on the field, you know, those things just add to his performance because these guys actually want to play with him. I go back to, and that's a really good point, Taylor. And, and to, to your point about watching the film too, like this is all, we are in progress here. We, we yeah. could see things. Things can come up. Like, it's a fluid process. But I go back to that Oregon game, the, the Washington game against Oregon. When he takes that shot to the ribs, and he's doubled over, right? But he gets himself up. He's working his way down the field. And I'm telling you, scouts saw that, too. And they mm-hmm. appreciated that. And you could see his teammates rally around him. Yeah. It reminded me of last year, Max Duggan, Taylor. I don't know if you saw this. Big 12 championship game. Uh, TCU's trying to fight to get to the playoff. They have like a minute 30 to go the full length of the field, no timeouts. And Duggan, he can't stand up. He's getting to the line, throwing the ball, 
falling over, getting back up, getting back up to line. He's like dripping blood. They had to give him oxygen on the sideline, like after the drive. Like when he scores, he scores the touchdown to tie the game. And he's pushing his teammates off of him because he physically doesn't have it in him to celebrate. Now, that didn't, now Max Duggan ended up being a seventh round pick and he's on a practice squad right now, I believe. But he probably, he was a guy that probably wasn't going to get drafted. And I remember hearing from people like, let let me get that guy in the locker room. I don't know what his role is going to be. I don't know if he's going to have a role, but this is a guy I want as part of our culture. And Penix's game against, you know, Oregon isn't that dramatic. But again, it's that thing where when teams see, I'll, I'll send you the, the Duggan clip. You'll enjoy it. Please. When teams see a guy do that, it's not everybody's doing it. And it's a box that they check that other guys maybe aren't checking. And I think you've seen it from some of the guys lower in this draft class. I think some of the guys that are now lower than they were earlier, maybe it's because you haven't seen that kind of fight from them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, as, as the kids say, Taylor, Michael Penix, he's got that dog in him. And <laughs> it's a box you want to check, especially with the quarterback. It's a box you want to check. And yeah. I feel comfortable saying Michael Penix has checked that box. Well, he's setting the standard and he's going out there balling when you know that he's in an insane amount of physical pain. Like that reminds me of Matt Stafford, Duggan game. That's like, that's another one. Yeah. Against the Browns where he just got like cut in half and is literally like, like go, go, yeah. go while he's like holding his ribs, like falling apart. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, We're going to move on to some previews, some games that you need to be paying attention to for next week. Before we get to the job auditions for these young cats, we're going to get to our favorite resource for finding new jobs, LinkedIn. We'll be back. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action NFL. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including you got spreads, you got your player props, you got over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online, real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. We also want to tell you about LinkedIn Talent Solutions here. Uh, These days, every new potential hire can feel like high stakes wager for your small business. We've got a small business, Taylor, growing every day, but small. Still, you want to be 100% certain you have access to the best qualified candidates like Taylor. Uh, And that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. Um, LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team fast and free. Um, and we have used this quite a bit and we have uh, found a lot of really good talent by uh, using this uh, LinkedIn talent solutions here uh, and 
it really is our primary kind of go-to every time we have an opening here at CLNS Media. Uh, and we just actually filled quite a few openings through uh, LinkedIn. So, um, you know, oh, I think we onboarded three people uh, last week, Taylor. I'm not, hey! We did. We did. Family getting bigger. Family is growing. So it's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one delivering quality. Um, so all you have to do is uh, post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash beat and Patriots beat, which Taylor Kyles is on, on the Patriots beat. Um, LinkedIn.com slash beat, post your job for free terms and conditions apply. All right, first preview we've got here, Penn State against Michigan. J.J. McCarthy, what do we need to know about this matchup? Yeah, so this is, I, I know a lot of people are not happy uh, with me for the way I talked about J.J. McCarthy recently. I guess saying a guy's a, a second round pick is a, a horrible thing to say about somebody. I I, I think it, it's not, I don't think he's a good player. It's that I, he hasn't really been tested yet. I don't really know how good he is because he hasn't really been put to the wall. Here we go. This week, if J.J. McCarthy is truly worth a first round pick, he will ball out this week. And that doesn't mean Michigan wins the game. It means he balls out. Michigan, top 10 defense in the country. Number one, and, and so follow me here. They are the number one rush defense in the country. They're allowing just 60 yards per game on the ground. Michigan's whole offense is running the ball. Right. J.J. McCarthy only throws the ball 22 times a game. To beat Penn State, you have to throw the football. So he is going in to a hostile environment, which adds to it. And in Beaver Stadium, I mean, it's like a cult. These are some of the <laughs> most crazy. This is one of the loudest craziest environments in college football. I wish it was an eight o'clock kick, not a noon kick, but it is what it is, but they're going to be lubed up. They're going to be ready to go. And he's going to have to go out there and sling it. And by the way, his number one receiver is going to be covered by Kalen King. Who's a first round pick. Gonna be a first round pick Penn state's number one corner Great name so, for a first round pick. Yeah. So he has <laughs> a lot stacked against him in this game. They're going to have to put the ball in his hands. And he's got to go out there and beat a good defense. And he's got to out I know Drew Aller hasn't been great this year, but a guy that has that pedigree, a top recruit, this kind of guy playing at home. There's also obviously the college football playoff stakes, that kind of thing. So, it, it, yeah, he, he threw four touchdowns against Michigan State. He put up a bunch of yards against Purdue. Awesome. Those teams suck. They're just not good. They're not good defenses. They've faced as many defenses in the top 20 this year as they have outside of the top 100. Michigan has. So this is the chance for JJ McCarthy to go in and say, I am a first round. This is the game of first round pick wins. We talk about like a Heisman moment, right? Well, and, and it's that too for him. And by the way, all the noise going on around the program, we can add that. And there are some people who are going to say, let's see if he can win when he doesn't have Connor Stallion signals. Yeah, cheater, cheaters. All, you know it's a thing or two all, about that. <laughs> it's all stacked against him in this game. So let's see if he goes out there and slings it. That's Peace. that simple. Based on what you've seen, what are the chances that he actually raises his draft stock or just meets expectations? I mean, it's more about Penn State than him. This is the game okay. that Penn State always chokes. They oh, always okay. lose to Ohio State. They they beat everybody else and they lose to Ohio State and Michigan. That's just what Penn State does. But I, they keep saying this year's different. I, if, if it's true, you know, I, I think he can have a decent game. I look at what Kyle McCord did and it was good enough. Kind of like what Jaden Daniels did against Alabama. Good enough. Yeah, okay. He's a second round pick. It's a nice sign. He's got to do more than good enough. 
I I think they're going to try to run the ball too. I that's just their identity. I think they're going to bang their head against a wall for like twenty minutes. (laughs) They have a great rushing attack, so it's Mm -hmm. it's strength on strength. But yeah, we'll 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 see what happens. I I I feel I think Michigan's going to win the game. The question to me is just how do they win it? Do they try to run the ball and risk a rock fight on the road? And you know, try to win it Big Ten style, you know, twenty to thirteen, something like that. Or do they do they believe in in JJ McCarthy as much as some of his fans do, and say, you know what, JJ, you're five star recruit, IMG Academy, Heisman hopeful. We're gonna put the ball in your hands. We're gonna believe in you as much as all these other people do. That's gonna be the big question going into this game. How is he a Heisman candidate? If he hasn't played anybody good and he's it's on a, a first it is team. a down year in terms of uh, okay. the Heisman <laughs> race is wide ass open, okay. wide ass open. I don't even know who the favorite is this week. I, it was Penix a couple weeks ago. I think some books had him as the favorite as recently as like a week or two ago. Um, mm. Let's see. Here. Michael Penix is okay. Michael Penix is back to being the favorite, but it's kind of all over the place. Michael Penix, Bo Nix, Jaden Daniels is up there. Um, yeah, so it's a wide open race. Wow. Okay. Well, there you have it. That's why Caleb Williams is upset. He's like, I lost another game. They're gonna stop talking yeah, he, about me. He probably <laughs> lost the Heisman against as weird as that is, as well as he played, you gotta yeah. win games too to win the Heisman. And I think that loss probably it, it was becoming a long shot, but that loss probably closed the book. And again, he was the better quarterback Williams was, but Penix got the win. That game probably helped his Heisman chances. Heisman's weird. Heisman's a weird uh award. It just, but some of the names you're throwing, you've been throwing out. I'm like, wait, I haven't really heard of this guy being like a clear like dog. It's like all these guys have something about them where people are like, yeah, they're good, but like everybody with Drake May, and even Drake May has got the fact that he's kind of young. But speaking of Michael Penix's Heisman candidate, let's move on to his matchup. We touched on it a little bit before against Utah. All right, what else do we need to know about this besides it's going to be, or if you want to add to it, the fact that it is going to be the first really good test we're going to see from him against what you praised as, you know, one of the more NFL caliber defenses in college football. Yeah. Utah's the giant killer in the PAC 12, except mm-hmm. against Oregon. They had that collapse a couple of weeks ago, but again, this is a defense that that's beat up on Caleb Williams. That is beat up on other NFL caliber quarterbacks. And now it's Michael Penix's shot to go against him. Now he gets them in Seattle. He gets them at home. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely a bump, but this is a team that's only averaging 200 pass yards a game, 16 points a game. Uh, they'll throw a lot at you. I think they, they, they're they very physical defense. Like last week, I think a lot, we talked about what that run game did, but even in the past game as well, there was just a want to from Washington. And this has been USC's problem. This is why USC can't beat Utah because Utah wants to play physical. They want to punch in the mouth. They want to step up, deliver the first hit. Uh, last week, U- USC's defense doesn't want to. So Penix, Washington, go from facing that defense to now these guys, they're going to bump and run with, with Roma Dunze. They're going to hit him at the line of scrimmage. They're going to jam him. They're trying to get, prevent him from getting off. I don't think Dylan Johnson's running for 256 yards because these are going to be much harder tackles to break, things like that. So I think there's more on Penix's shoulders this week to beat Utah. They they basically, the way they play defense, especially against the Pac-12 teams that know them well, is your quarterback's going to have to play his best game to beat us. We, we're going to put it on your quarterback to elevate the rest of your offense to win. So that makes for a really fun game when you're trying to evaluate a player, right? So uh, I, I, like I said with, with Williams, like I said with Bo Nix, it's another game where 
the way Utah plays defense put naturally puts the quarterback in the spotlight. So here we go. What can he do? So Utah, giant killers, but also potential Heisman killers or Heisman makers. Is that fair to yes. say? Yeah, yeah, I, I, that's definitely fair. Yeah. All right, all right. All right, last one we've got on the docket. Pac-12 matchup, USC, Caleb Williams versus Bo Nix and Oregon. How do you think this one's going to shake out? It's actually pretty interesting. Obviously, it's, it seems like Bo Nix is uh, in a pretty favorable situation here. Well, I, I think this is more about Caleb Williams and Bo Nix. It's a yeah, it's a good yeah. defense. It's a good defense he's facing, right? It's that thing, again, we just talked about with him facing Washington. People are worried he can't beat a good defense. He has a chance to go against a good defense. Let's see what he does. Also, it you know, with three losses out really out of the Pac-12 playoff picture, out of the college football playoff picture, how locked in is he at this mm. point? And where's his competition level at? For Bo Nix, it's very simple. It's the USC defense. They just fired their defensive coordinator. You should light them up right. anything besides lighting them up. And you're at home too. No road Knicks here at home. Uh, although I think he kind of killed off road Knicks with the Utah game. I'll give him credit. Ah, him. was that but, it? Was that the nail in the coffin or does he have I, any other? You know what? He played two it. good games on the road this year in, in tough environments. He did. Okay. And, and that was the big box again. He needed to check. And I would say he checked it. I, I don't think that's a, it's never not going to be a worry because there it, you got to look at the whole body of work, but mm -hmm. it's so it, he's he made it a much more minor issue. Uh, yeah, just go out, light them up. They're bad defense, light them up. It's that like it's that simple. It shouldn't be. Now, is it going to be a close game? Like, might he be struggling to win it? Yeah, that's very possible because USC's mm -hmm. offense is awesome. But basically, what like can he do what Michael Panix did? It's that same thing. Can you just go toe to toe with Caleb Williams? You're going to have every shot to do it because, again, the defense is ass. I don't know how many times I'm going to say that. I um, love it. Say it more. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah. Beyond that, just, just go out there and sling it. That's pretty much what I'm looking for for him this week. Looking forward to that. And I'm looking forward to recapping these games and previewing the next Lady Games with you next week. Can I throw one more oh. in here? Can I throw one oh, more in? please and thank you. Hell, yeah. Yeah, uh, we got Drake May against Duke this week which is a game that I've been hyping up for a while because yeah. kind of like J.J. McCarthy, Drake May hasn't really been tested. Now, he played South Carolina. That's an SEC defense. And he played good, not great against them. So there's that. Uh, he struggled against Virginia a couple weeks, so that's concerning. This Duke defense is the real deal. They're mm -hmm. 15th in the nation passing yards allowed per game, just under 180. Uh, they make life tough on a quarterback. So this is another one. Again, where when we go back, Taylor, and we're starting to stack the board in January, going into the Senior Bowl, where are all the quarterbacks going into this? This Duke game is going to make or break Drake May. Talk to you about Caleb Williams' stocks maybe falling because he's lost a couple games. It, 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 he's he. You don't necessarily get unseated as the number one overall quarterback just by struggling. You have to struggle really bad. Somebody mm -hmm. has to catch you. Right. This is all setting up perfectly. Caleb Williams on the road against a good Oregon defense. He might be checking out here. And then Drake May against the best defense he's going to face in the regular season. See what happens if they get to a bowl game. But best defense he's going to face in the regular season. This is the week. It's all setting up for Drake May to become QB1. Can he do it? We're gonna, That's why we watch. That's why they play the games, right? Mm -hmm. But it's a big, big week for Drake May because I there's a chance we're sitting here next week saying Drake May is now QB1. 
When's that game? Because Drake May is everyone's favorite prospect right now, quarterback. So when can people see that one? So here's the beauty of it. I believe all of these games we discussed have different kickoff times. I was actually just going to ask, like, if you had to pick a game to watch for each time slot, what would it be? So let's go with that instead. For each time slot, which game are you going with? Oh, I, I, I got to pull up the uh, the the Nick Trigg. Uh, um, he does this great graphic. If you don't follow Nick Trigg on Twitter, oh, yeah, he that. does like a um, it's like a spreadsheet with the whole with the whole slate. So let's see here. Uh, let's let's see if he, he does have this week's graphic up. Perfect. Um, oh no, this is last week's graphic. All right, let me go to my notes. Sorry, I couldn't call you. an audible here. Um, well, because so I wrote about this and it, it'll be up tomorrow morning if you want to read more on all the quarterbacks. I have a little breakdown. Plug that after, Travis. I'll give you the tip. Plug that after, right. you'll have the whole thing. I'm trying to stall while I pull this up. I got a little breakdown, Jordan Travis, <laughs> I got in there as well against uh Miami. Okay, here we go. So you got JJ McCarthy against Penn State at noon. That game's going to be close, but maybe you want to flip over to Shadur Sanders against a ranked Arizona team at 2 o'clock. 3.30, you have Penix against Utah. So you maybe missed the first little bit of that, but Penn State, Michigan should be over by then. 3.30, then you get to 8 o'clock. You got Drake May against Duke. And if you're staying up late this week, and I can do that because there's no Sports Up Sunday kickoff this week, <laughs> Caleb Williams against Oregon and Bo Nix is at 10.30. So they're I'm all it. in different windows. I'm going to take that, cut it. We're using that for the promo so everybody can be watching with us. The whole game together watching the best games of the weekend, Alex. Every week. Thank you, buddy. Again, this is my favorite part of the week. I love this so much. Can't wait to do it again next week. But for now, I know you got your work coming up. So this is the time. Let the people know where they can find it and what you got coming out. Yeah, so I got a breakdown on all these big quarterback matchups this weekend coming out tomorrow morning on 98.5thesportshub.com. I'm also going to touch on, again, Shadur Sanders against Arizona in that one. We've got a rivalry game, FSU-Miami, Jordan Travis, Keon Coleman, your guy, mm -hmm. up against one of the best secondaries in college football. So that game will come up again, I'm sure, as well when we get further into the draft process. Um, and then I'll catch 22 and Patriots beat tomorrow. Catch 22 with Devin Lazar on Patriots.com and then Patriots beat right here on CLNS with Brian Hines. Fantastic. Thank you so much, buddy. Thank you all for watching. As always, appreciate you very much. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. We're going to see you next week.